Hello. Hi. How's it going? Well, we're both like 10 years older now. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so critical condition, Robin's not here yet, although I'm sure she'll be here soon. I tell people don't join early because we can't talk during the intro. So you'll just be sitting there. So I told her to join at 530. So I'm sure she'll be here soon. She did tweet it just a second yeah. ago. Uh, yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, things have been going really well despite the pandemic and the riots and all that. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but George Floyd was from Houston. So they brought his funeral here. So we had all that fun here in Houston. Um, fortunately, I don't live in the areas that he frequented. Um, so I didn't have to worry about having my house burned down. Um, also some of the neighborhoods they surrounded them with, uh, armed guards and police. So that was kind of helpful for the few days that they had his funeral going on. So did you guys have the hologram there? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I know that's like traveling around though. I, I heard of it there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here she is. I'm going to remove you. So I'll put her in the middle. Boom. Hi. Hey, Robin, how's it going? Great, how are you guys? Good. Doing great. Sorry, Good. super shiny. And like <laughs> right under a giant LED. So, oh, how have you been? <laughs> I've been good. I'm a bit tired. I hope that I'll be as sharp as what I, I have been in previous podcasts. This is the first interview that I've done on somebody else's channel since before I had my baby. So, I'm, I'm a little worse for wear, but I'll do my best. <laughs> well, congrats on that. Thank I you. am. I was going through your Twitter feed earlier. There was something that um, really bothered me. Uh, that child. Uh, no, no, not that she, <laughs> she posted it. It's right not something. It. Okay. It's not something she did. It was. Um, I mean, we're probably going to talk about whores, right? Is that usually what we? <laughs> Whatever we, you'd like to talk about. <laughs> um, that's a uh, LP earlier asked. Uh, I think the other day he asked what I wanted to talk about. I was just like, <laughs> women. <laughs> so. Um, no, um, the kid that was looking at himself in a in a I guess a camera phone, and they had a an app that was creating a nose on him, and it kept it kept appearing on yes. his nose. Yes, I just um, saw that. <laughs> yeah, um, I've seen a lot of people that give their children um, iPads, or you know, I have no problem with technology and children. Um, my problem is exactly what I think your problem was, which is uh, they were causing fear in this young child. I yeah. don't know if you saw it, LP. It's a kid I, I, I haven't seen it, a, but I have a parenting question that will kind of tie into this, but I'll let you I'll let you finish up this first. Yeah, so. it's it's mostly just it was something that shocked me and I wanted to kind of get her kind of if she's it I don't know if you've researched any of the studies about well, there's, um, the startle response in young children. Yeah, well I mean I think it's this is a classic sort of case of being exploited, right? Because the child doesn't know what's going on and they're being recorded and uploaded because it's funny to the parent, yeah. right? And then everyone's going to get to laugh and chuckle at this poor little innocent baby that is just confused and doesn't know what's going on. I think that, I mean, that is something that's very specific that I haven't actually seen before with the filters. But there is a trend of that happening if you look on like YouTube, you know what I mean? Like fam family vloggers. Not always, but a lot of the time it can cross the border into exploitation. And I think that it's, you know, it's way worse than just like sticking your kid in front of um, like Winnie the Pooh for a half hour because you need a break. 
you know, you're, you're, you're actually putting their image and exposing them out onto the internet and in sort of invading their privacy in a way that makes them so vulnerable. Uh, I think it's despicable personally. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel. I have seen something like that. The one with like a spider where there's like a spider that crawls on your face in the filter and the kid was like trying to like snack it off (laughs) Um, or whatever. I don't have a problem with, um, with uh, like just the kids seeing it and thinking that it's it's silly and playing yeah. with it. But when people elicit a startle or fear response in a child over and over intentionally, mm-hmm. that's the part that I kind of have a problem with um, just because it, I mean, it affects you. Those are chemicals that are going into the brain that are telling the kid, be fearful, be fearful. And I think that was your mm-hmm. comment. You said it was a Lovecraftian you know, get the child to be fearful of technology at a young age. Well, it wasn't actually my tweet. I retweeted that. Yeah. That was that was yeah, someone yeah, else's. Yeah. But yeah, I completely agreed um, with with uh, it was Owen Cyclops, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, Owen Broadcast on Twitter. He's great, and he I think it's a fair take. I mean, and I also yeah. don't I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, okay, this is going to be spooky, and then you show it to your kid, and then it's like a game, and, you know, they could expose them to things, you know, you don't want to shelter your kid to the point where they don't know how to interact with the modern world. It's going to be necessary, but I think when you start, like you said, scaring them, and then the added element of uploading it for, like, other people to laugh at, it gets a little bit dodgy. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that should remain in, like, family chat groups, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Send that to grandma, not your... (laughs) 500 million Twitter followers. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, since we're since we're on the parenting thing, let me ask my question because my wife and I got into it a couple of days ago in the car ride. Something came up that, uh, you know, sometimes you just assume certain things and how you're going to raise your kids and then you find out that actually you're not on the same page. So I got to get your guys' opinion on this, which is uh, uh, how... I want to try to word it in a way that I'm not going to bias your responses, but I guess, so I guess what is your take on telling your kids that Santa Claus is real? I think you have to, I think you absolutely have to, (laughs) you can't, you can't not tell them that Santa Claus. Well, okay. You obviously can, but I am definitely going to tell my child that Santa Claus is real. And you know, I'm not going to like make him be a 14 year old who thinks that Santa's real. Right. I mean, I think normally around the time a kid's like eight, nine, if they're like a normally socialized child, they begin to have doubts on their own. And if they ask me point blank, you know, after the age of eight, (laughs) I, I will tell them, of course, but I think, I mean, at least for me, having that sense of magic and, um, you know, there's also the sort of, I know it's a consumerist capitalist tradition, but there is a tradition of Christmas and Santa, like, you know, having them be a part of that, I think is important, you know, to be relatable and to, to sort of have the same culture as, you know, regular normie kids. Yeah. Um, I ruined Christmas when I was five years old because I told all my older cousins that there was no such thing as Santa. Um, (laughs) I have a slightly, I I think each child is different. Sure. Like I think if, you know, I I have no problem with people raising their kids differently, but um, uh, for my own, I guess from my own history, um, it didn't bother me at all. And it, because I was given. So, the so your parents told you Santa Claus was bullshit. I found out it. I think I was three and a half or four. It was right around like my fourth. Cause my birthday is the same month as Christmas. So I had like just turned five a few weeks before. So I, I think I was maybe four 
when yeah. I found out. But I was I found out because I read the book about Christmas and how Santa the like the history of Santa Claus. He was this guy who had a toy shop who would uh, ride a sleigh through the village and give kid kids toys. And so I heard it as this is a piece of our history, mm. similar to how I would go see like the rock golems in Norway. And I don't really believe those are trolls. Like, right. But I understand that it's it culturally, it's been a story that's been passed down. So I had no problem. I mean, it didn't, I'm an effed up adult. So maybe it, <laughs> maybe it just, maybe, maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, so, it, so it's kind of, oh, yeah, this is a, this but, is an age eight plus. So, <laughs> it's not for kids. Yeah. So every, like everything Robin said, that's like the same thing I was saying to my wife. Like, of course you have to do this. It's, it's tradition. It's, it'll fill her with wonder. You only have a, a limited amount of time where you can believe in magic, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's like, uh, you took the word right out of my mouth uh interestingly annika what you said is one of the reasons she's against it because she feels like it's unfair to uh give children the responsibility of not having to like of having to like lie to other kids to keep the lie going or whatever so her position is to like tell mm. tell the kid that it's not real but don't tell the kid not to tell other kids that right. i think it really I depends I, I mean, I get met, that. yeah, and I've met so many different kids that you can, I mean, even siblings, if you look at different kids, some kids you could, that's not going to harm them to say, now don't tell your younger brother like yeah. that. That's something that they have that's special that they know about. Um, but I think it really just, you gauge the kid. I mean, Bucko, you're probably going to have what, eight? <laughs> well, I mean, I started I started later than I would have liked. I think I can I think I get safe to say that I'll have at least three. I'm hoping for five. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what what I get blessed with. Stack them. Um, Do you know? Are you familiar with that term? The baby stacking where you have them like one right after another, right after another. And you yeah. just lose your mind. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty much what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get all of my babies born before I'm 37. And so it was kind of like nine months pregnant, nine months off, nine months pregnant, nine months off. My And my my midwife says that I have the constitution for it. I'm good at birthing babies. So I think I'm, I'm going to try my hand at it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I can't figure out my lighting. I actually rearranged I, I my entire house. <laughs> Somebody mentioned our, our lighting. I thought yeah, my I thought lighting, that. I thought my lighting was good. And then there. I think it looks good. It actually looks like natural lighting. It, it is. That's the unfortunate thing. It's actually, I, I had a, I'm like, I, had I, a, I think I just need to tan or something. I just look <laughs> super white. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Robin, I, I see you getting into it on Twitter today with the, uh, the formula versus breastfeeding. Well, I didn't uh, think it was going to be a, a controversial topic. I thought it was kind of like, I'm, I'm criticizing feminists my followers aren't feminists, surely. Is there not like a general consensus in the public that breast milk is what's best for your child? That's why we have breast milk banks, you know what I mean? In case women can't. Um, I thought I that's was- why we, Yeah, that's why we have things like La Leche League. And yeah. um, it's also cultural. I've noticed right. um, I, I got in trouble on Facebook a few weeks ago. Actually, it was more recent than that for get, I got in an argument. There was an ad, um, for food that's supposed to be as good as breast milk. Um, and I said, why would you give your baby 
food when it should be getting breast milk. That doesn't make yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. And of course, women went into, well, some women can't produce milk, which 90% of those yes. cases are bullshit. Yes. There, there are some very few women who have issues breastfeeding. The majority yes. of it is that we are affluent white women in a first world country and we refuse to do anything that's difficult. That's yeah. the problem. You, that's yeah. why we have, you know, you you had a doula or a midwife. That's why we I have women midwife, that yeah. help. That's yes. why we have women help other women. Yes. Well, yeah. you know, I, I think the, the, that idea that some women struggle to produce breast milk, I think that is a pretty widespread idea. Like I, what you just said, uh, I would have never known that. I would have thought that, that it's very well, marketing. It's because women, women don't actually have the education because breastfeeding is a skill, right? It's something you do have to learn. It's something your baby does have to learn. Um, uh, lactation consultants aren't always offered, you know, if you, if you're going to a GP, some women don't even know that's a thing, right? I was very lucky. My midwife, um, is also a lactation consultant. So she taught me and my baby how to breastfeed. And the thing about milk production is that nobody has breast milk when the baby's first born. You, yeah. you, your baby will lose like sometimes up to 10% of their body weight while you're waiting for your milk to come in. And that's a really stressful time for everyone. But if you just basically keep your baby on your boob and just let them nurse, your breast milk will almost like, like Annika said, like 99% of the time it will come in and then it'll take a month or so to regulate, right? It's not something that happens overnight. It can yeah. be a really grueling process. You can have like issues with like your nipples breaking open and bleeding. It can be painful. And like, I get why women don't want to do it. I, I get it. It's probably my least favorite part of the whole motherhood journey so far. I enjoyed like labor not more. It's not poop all over you. <laughs> no, I cloth diaper and I, I love diaper changes. Yeah. Like it's fun. It's like a hobby for me now at this point. Wait, I, I, I find because yeah, your ahead. baby isn't on solids yet. That's exactly Exactly. Yeah. So I, I have, I've yet to go to that territory with the cloth diapering situation. Maybe my mind will change about it when we get to that phase. But like, um, yeah, a lot of women think that they're not. I thought I was going to have trouble breastfeeding, right? But mm. because I had the support of my my midwife and my who was also a lactation consultant, we got through it. And it was a solid month and a half, I'd say, before I felt comfortable doing it. So I think, and I can't remember the exact statistic about it, but I read in an article about breast milk and breast pumping and the sort of differences between the two that most women give up by week three right? Which is, you're just there. You're, if you just keep going a little bit further, you're going to, you're going to make it and it's going to get easier. But because the support's not there and we have slogans that say things like, as long as you're feeding your baby, you're great. You're a good mom, right? Like fed is best. It's like the, one of the most asinine slogans I've ever heard in my entire life. Like <laughs> yeah. fed, well, fed as baby... opposed to what? Like just like not feeding them? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. It's <laughs> Setting so the bar pretty low. Yeah. You, right. you know what I think it comes down to is there's a hypersensitivity around anything to do with women, really. Yes, like, that's like true. I, re I remember um, a while ago, there was some scandal where some girl in college class had said something about, she had like had some study about how ab abortions cause like certain health problems or whatever that she brought up in class. Mm -hmm. And she got like dragged into like this, like, you know, behind closed doors and criticized and she recorded it. And they were saying to her, you know, what if someone in the class has had an abortion? You can't just say those things. 
And I remember thinking, you know, if, if you're in a college class and you said something like, you know, steroids can be dangerous and cause health yeah. problems, you're not going to get dragged behind closed doors and said, oh, what if there's a guy who's done steroids in the class? Yeah. You got to think about their feelings, you know? Well, I think you're right about that. Um, there was, there was uh, a time not that long ago when I was making a post about uh, appearance and how to like look more feminine and how to um, be a natural beauty. That's what it was. And I was trying to be as inclusive as possible. Basically, I was saying, if you want to be a natural beauty, don't have hair that goes above your chin, like don't have short hair, like super short hair, um, and don't be overweight. And I was like, surely this is something that most women can fit into and feel like they can achieve. And it's not something that's unrealistic. And I was really trying to just be open-minded about beauty, even though I think it's an, it's an objective thing. And I got women saying, what about women with alopecia? What about women who have um, cancer or are going through leukemia and they, and they don't have any hair? You're saying that they can't be natural beauties. And it's just like, dude, like just because you can find an exception to the rule doesn't mean that the rule isn't relevant or it isn't still important to, to say to people. And if I find this every time I make any even small criticism of women in general. I'm called a pick me. I'm called just all sorts of names, right? When, I mean, genuinely it's coming from a place of caring that I think real sisterhood is being honest with each other about, yeah. you know, what, what, what things are really best. And it's unfortunate women just don't want to hear it. Most women, there's a lot of women that are very yeah. chill and a lot of women that responded to both of those tweets, um, you know, with, with, you know, gratitude and we're very thankful that I said it, but there will be a small number that will always be really upset about it. <laughs> the, the problem that bothers me about things like that is the reaction that you got is that I've been following you for quite some time. And I, if, if you were to say something that was slight, like, say, if you were to say women are most attractive at five, seven, I'm five <laughs> eleven. I would not be offended. I would say, yeah, you have a point. Most guys aren't my height. Um, you know, maybe most women who are my height aren't built in, in a feminine shape. A yeah. lot of them tend to be built more like linebackers. Um, <laughs> and I wouldn't be offended by that because I would take into context who just said it. Yes. Does that make, like, I would say, oh, yeah. well, I, I know her, I know her history. I know the way she speaks. I know she's not mm -hmm. saying that if you're five foot 11, you're not attractive. Yeah. And I think that's one of the problems <laughs> we have is I, I encountered this quite a bit in the past where people that had been following me for months would hear me say something. And instead of them saying, okay, she's being hyperbolic or okay, yeah. she's, they would just like, completely forget. Yeah, I they do. just completely forget. I'm a shit poster sometimes, you know, sometimes so, I like so to I. be, I like to be a little bit exact, like exaggerate my points just because I think it's funny. And people who have followed me for a long time know that about me, you know? Yeah, but, you're pretty funny on Twitter. I like, I like you. when you, yeah. I like when you say things like, oh, the crypto feminists are coming <laughs> out. And, like well, they came out of the woodwork today. <laughs> hardcore. Yeah. Uh, Tom here has a question that kind of ties into the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which is that I see you are getting into some kind of like conservative matchmaking scheme. What, what is going on there? Tell us about so that. So the, the question that just you put up on the screen is the most common question that I receive in Twitter DMs, on Instagram, in my comment section on YouTube. It is by far like you know, way more. And men and women are asking this question. Conservative people are having a hard time being themselves in public. 
right? It's it's hard for conservative or right-wing people or traditionally minded people to find each other because every time we get together, we're slandered, slandered as like avowed neo-Nazis, right? Uh, just, just for, you know, having an opposing viewpoint. And so people feel alienated. They feel isolated. And I just felt like I, I mean, I obviously can't match everyone and I would love to be able to match everyone. So I said, you know what? Someone's got to do it. I made a proton uh, a proton email address, uh, which is the right match at protonmail.com. And I asked men and women to send me a very basic dating profile, you know, because it, I just needed to be concise. I want to know your height, your weight, your net income, your hobbies, your religious affiliation, and the country you live in. That's it, right? I don't even want to know what town you're in because I don't want the potentiality of people being doxxed or feeling like. I'm asking for more than what is necessary. Uh, and then I go through my inbox, which is just an absolute horror show because it's so unorganized and I'm trying to like organize it best I can. And I match people. I The thing that I'm encountering, which is the most difficult right now is that women are extremely picky. Like I started off, I would find a woman uh, that I thought was like a good a good catch. And then I would pick four men that I thought would be a great match for her. And I said, okay, here's four profiles. Is there anyone, is any either one of these guys look interesting to you? And I could maybe give each other your contact information. And like four times women were like, um, no, yeah. I don't think I really want any of these guys. And I'm just like, dude, well, you're, you're 36. Like, yeah, but that's evolution. <laughs> They're supposed to be picky. Women, in right. fact, uh, Monday and I talk about this all the time. Wait, is, there, is there pictures? Sorry, I just got to know. Like, did you say there's pictures in the profiles that you're making for these people? Like, when you no, send I'm not them making profiles that anyone can see. It's literally just an email right, with right. something someone has written. Some, sometimes, and if they if should, people, you people should looks say, match them. <laughs> well, that's what I've been doing. These people yeah. get priority, right? Because that's, it's it's good to do that. I think you can kind of yeah. see if people would be compatible if you have a few basic pieces of information and then a picture, it's a lot easier for yeah. sure. Okay. Well, so so I, yeah. had, I had to know that. Go ahead. Well, Jennifer. if you look at statistics for what, I mean, it, it sounds very cruel and I know, um, you know, I've pissed off the incels in the past for saying this, but women <laughs> want, women want men that they're physically attracted to. Yeah. And that's yeah. another thing that I've had guys that have in the past, cause I, I was a nerd. I was an engineer and I would, I would know some women that were the type of women that all the men want, um, mm -hmm. but the women can't find men that they want. And yeah. one of the problems is the men aren't willing to do the things that women find attractive because the men, those types of men don't realize that what they're doing is wrong, like not brushing their teeth or dressing oh, like right. a complete and utter slob <laughs> or like you go over to their apartment and there's no place to sit. There's just trash everywhere. Yeah. And they don't realize how disgusting something like that is. And it's something that's so simple to change, but it doesn't even occur to them. And so yeah. by the time they find a girl that they like, they're not, they're not there for that girl. I mean, they yeah. could have resources. They could be ready. You know, they're, they're ready to settle down, mm. but they're just, they're, they're not attractive to the women. So, yeah. and you could say the same about women. I know I'm going to get people that are going to be mad and say, Every girl I meet it is goes short both ways. It goes yeah. both ways. I think both men and women um, honestly need to lower their standards. People who are like addicted to porn, they're addicted to looking at Instagram. They have totally unrealistic expectations for about um, who they can achieve, you know, like what, what they can achieve for, as a partner and what they want as a partner and stuff. So 
I think um, I think that also somebody just made the comment. I know girls who are two out of ten who have guys lined up for miles. I think one of the <laughs> one of the things that LP and I talk about a lot, um, which I'm sure resonates with you, is that there's a lot of people that are younger and more conservative minded, like they want that traditionalism, mm -hmm. but they feel like they can't get it. So yeah. like a girl who doesn't meet any good guys, like in her life, and she thinks all men are porn addicts. So she goes and makes an OnlyFans. It's like, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And they say, well, there are no good guys out there. So why would I want to be a good girl? And guys do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I, it's yeah. really rough for guys out there. I have to say like, it's, you can't really like, yes, there's problems on both sides. Yes. There's guys that are just playing video games and getting high and watching porn. And you're not <laughs> going to find a good wife doing that. And I, I always poke those guys and say, Hey, get your shit together from time to time. But uh, to it's when they, when you go out and try to find someone, it's really hard. I have yeah. a hot take here that mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's ever said, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out and see what you guys think. To find a partner, make a YouTube channel and start making YouTube videos. Because uh, as far as I can tell, all three of us, that's how we hooked, that's how we matched up. My wife yeah. uh, came to me on Twitter because of my YouTube. I think you found your guy that way. On and Twitter. Annika, you yeah. Yeah. But because of your YouTube, though, primarily, yeah. right? Like you yeah, didn't yeah. even have a Twitter. And right? Both, and both so, me and my. Yeah, both me and my guy had YouTube channels uh, for some years, and I I was not aware that he was my biggest fan until after we had started dating, and then he went back through his YouTube videos and showed videos that he had made too, about me. Right, Sticks is another example. <laughs> there, there's lots of uh, yeah, YouTubers. True. They get married because they find because they've like married a, a fan. You know, that's yeah. a weird way of putting I, it. But. Yeah, I didn't. Someone who watched their stuff. Yeah, I want to put it that way, but someone who watched your stuff and yeah. and discovered you that way, and then you it's a port, it's a, a sorry, it's like a portfolio. It's like a, a great bit. way. So it's really hard to like go out to dinner with a guy and bombard him with all of your political and uh, all your yeah. social views. But it's much easier if you have like a blog and you touch yeah. on topics and you take like an idea and then you give kind of your opinion on that idea and then somebody can read it and see how your mind works because I think that's better than just meeting somebody and talking to them. And there yeah. has to be chemistry. That's where the meeting in person comes into play. But I think being able to get out there and like watch 100 videos and see how somebody thinks about the world. It's an interesting concept. I think it might be an interesting, you know, prospective dating site. Yeah, um, I, I like, I don't, like, I like I don't the know idea. if it will work for everybody, obviously, but I'm just trying to think outside the box here because I think it's, it, it's I think rough out there. You know? It is. And I think that the underlying intention of what you're saying is true. You know, you have to put yourself out there, yeah. whether that's on YouTube or but, whether that's yeah. in a but, political movement or a book club or whatever it is, putting yeah. yourself out there and is we need important. Yeah, we need to specify what that means because I know, um, you know, Monday was in like kind of the FA, the Forever Alone kind of groups quite a bit. And so he talked to a lot of guys that had never had girlfriends or never had um, relationship prospects. And they always hear these things like put yourself out there, but they don't know what that means. Right. It means like right. take a shower, you know. And then for some, for <laughs> some guys, <laughs> yeah, for some guys, it really comes down to location. I found, yeah, um, like if they if they move um, from one country to another and the culture is so different that women, that's one of the issues. Guys from India have a problem in America 
date mm. any race. Um, yeah. it's, it's not just white women. Um, they tend to be more petite in stature. They tend to be, of course, yeah. you're always going to get your, your taller framed yeah. Indian men, but, and there tends to be such a cultural difference that it's, for some people, they like that, like the cosmopolitan type, like they, they appreciate other cultures more mm. uh, xenophobe, so to speak. But some people, it's so different, especially when your culture is based on a religion, mm. that it can be very different, like very different. Yeah. Like I, I've known people that were um, like when I lived in Los Angeles that were Jewish, they were, and they could not date outside of their religion. Like they yeah. had to meet someone through their parents. That was the process. Yeah. So, yeah, or I, th I think, I mean, like kind of going back to the traditional ways of, you know, making your, your, the selection group smaller is not necessarily a bad thing either. You know, I think that we all can kind of um, experience a bit of choice paralysis when given too many options. And I think the internet exacerbates that because mm -hmm. we're always looking and scanning um, for new potential partners, right? If you're single. Um, and that's why I kind of liked the idea of being a matchmaker because it's kind of old school, you know, like, um, I think that's the way a lot of people would have met maybe back in the, my grandparents' day, if not through family members or close friends and that kind of a thing. Um, it, it I don't know what the answer is. If, if people can go back to that first thing you were saying, which is that they have to have reasonable expectations, right? They yeah. can't expect to get every single thing that they want. Well, I wasn't the woman that I am now when my husband met me. Right. Like he, he red pilled me a lot. Like we, we grew together as a couple and now we're way more sort of in alignment with each other than what we were in the very beginning. And I think that both men and women need to um, be okay with that, that, you know, as long as a woman is like, you know, willing to uh, let you take the lead and, you know, is okay with, um, having, having your influence, um, persuade her one way or another, then you can potentially make her more traditional. Right. Um, I yeah. don't think it goes the other way, but, um, I, I think men can grow with a woman. Yeah. It's, it's good to start with a Christian woman though. I, that's yeah. I, it took me a long time to rig, figure that out, but like, it's good. That's doesn't have to be, but that's a good starting point. If you, yeah. if you really want like, the the family and like the the traditional Agreed. and like and uh, well, what sort of commitment you know LP you're an atheist so would you am, would you yeah. would you agree that maybe even if they're not Christian in religion like they don't actually believe in Jesus Christ but that they're culturally in alignment with yeah they don't have with to be what like Christians wanted right, the family just, values just right up front you just have to say look this is what I'm about marriage children yeah. and the long haul you know yeah. and if, Family. If, they, if they're on that page, they don't have to be a Christian, but if it's a, that's like a good, like the, whatever the opposite of a red flag is, that's what I consider <laughs> being a Christian at this point. As an atheist, I say that. Um, yeah. are, so are, are you, uh, you're not, are you charging people for this matchmaking thing right now? Or are no. you, how, how many emails would you say you've gotten? If you Probably between 200 and 250. And like right now I only have, the time uh, to be able to do it once a week. So I do like match Monday, like on Monday when I have my coffee and my breakfast, um, I put my baby in the little bouncer. He sits in front of me. We listen to some music and I spend an hour doing it. And I try and get at least three matches once a week. And that's, I would be willing to go through and help you if you want. I mean, if you'd feel I safe, mean, I've, I actually sure. tried to help a guy um, on Tinder and that was a, 
that was a nightmare. Um, Tinder is not any place that anyone should. What kind of find. Uh, what kind of ratio gender wise are you getting? Is it like nine to it's, one? No, it's about th it's about three three seven three oh, that, thirty percent women, about seventy percent men. But that's because it's it. There are people from all over the world that are messaging me. It's not like one specific location. If we were looking at like, you know, a specific location like Calgary, Alberta, you know what I mean? It probably would be more like one to 10, right? But because I have I have a much larger group of people to be picking from, the mm. ratio is a little bit more forgiving. And I have had a lot of people um, offer to help me with this and I'm so gracious about that. And maybe in the future I can take you or and some other people up on that. But right now, the thing is that people have entrusted me with this information and I, I would feel that it would be a betrayal of their trust to yeah. let anyone else even see it, you know, and yeah. it could even be embarrassing for them. And I wouldn't want to break people's trust like that, but thank you for the offer. And in the future, depending on where it goes, um, I might take you up on that help. Yeah. You, should, you gotta start charging at some point. It could be, a, it could be a good business for you. If, <laughs> That's if, what my friend Julia said. She's the, she's brave the um, world on Twitter. She was like, you have yeah. to charge at least 20 bucks a person. No one's going to take Robin, you seriously. <laughs> have you seen, um, I think it's called Indian matchmaking on Netflix. You have to see that show. It's so good. I so am good. morally opposed to everyone. If you can manage to um, acquire that show yes yes um <laughs> it's a really really good show it it okay. kind of goes over it's it's all indians but mm -hmm. it it so it talks about their culture the majority of them are in america um okay and it's a professional matchmaker who that's what she does and she selects she has bios she selects people cool. she puts them together so i was gonna say okay. instead of charging just require that they name their first child after you <laughs> like a whole sea of robins out yeah, there, exactly. boys and yeah. girls <laughs> brilliant i'll check that out maybe i'll get some good you know advice or yeah. ideas about how to manage the immense wealth of just raw data that i'm trying to sift through on mondays okay you guys so as usual i have a bunch of stories that i lined up for us to potentially talk about or i have a few anyways um but i know you've only you only had like an hour robin you got your kid and all that and time quite quiet you right can, now so i can stay for for probably you can another nurse. half hour oh, <laughs> you okay, can nurse well. on the live stream i'll let you know if i have to go <laughs> sure time time is just flying by though this is really <laughs> fun but uh so i want to go right to my main story the one that i really wanted to talk to you guys about which is um i don't know if you've seen this video of the couple and the and the woman threw coffee onto these two dudes because they weren't wearing a mask and then uh, coffee. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, okay. I do have it. I was hoping I wouldn't have to play it just because I think um, it's like, it's got, can I guess, those. does she, ex I haven't seen it. Does she expect her man to protect her? Well, so, okay. 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 <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just explain it to you and then we'll maybe watch a little bit if you want. But, um, so these, the couple, the girl and the man approach these two guys who are like sitting, eating their burritos and they're saying, why aren't you wearing a mask? You know why you got to wear the mask? And the guys, this is an important part for me. They're like super cordial and friendly. They're not all like defensive and aggro. <laughs> they're just like, oh, you know, we don't really believe in that, blah, whatever. And then out of like nowhere, the woman throws her coffee on the dudes. And so the one dude who takes most of the coffee, he gets up, starts wailing on her boyfriend. <laughs> But not like he gives him like a few shots and then stops. Like, okay, okay, stop, stop. And so the boyfriend's got like a bloody nose now. 
And the guy goes and like sits back down. And this is the part that amazes me about this video. Then the woman goes and she's like, yeah, fuck you. You think I care? And I'm just sitting here watching it. Like you try to get your boyfriend's ass kicked again. It, oh my it's, God. it's so amazing. It says so much about, about like the, the kind of dynamic, the gender dynamics, you know, cause this, this is something we talked about on the show before. And that I said, I don't believe in hitting a woman. I, mm. I think the way that that guy handled that, the, the open guy face who, slap. The guy who like hit her boyfriend for me, it was just like perfect. This is exactly that's exactly the most manly way. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna give me problem to beat the shit out of your boyfriend." And like, I was just hoping when she started talking smack that he'd be like, "What do you want me to do? Kick your boyfriend's ass again? Fuck off!" I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit for you guys here. So I think I think we gotta watch this a little bit. Uh, yeah. Let me pull it up here. I'm in the middle of talking to her about something personal regarding. Hey, oh, hi. Mask. Bye. You don't need to be wearing masks. No, we don't. I don't need a burrito with my mask on. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you guys, though. That's what I was laughing about. I was talking to him because he just had he just had a conversation with our buddy Kevin that serves the drinks at okay. Pete. Yeah. We're, we're locals here, but we just, we're yeah, on the other side. Too, we're right? on the other side of the fence. We don't believe in this stuff. No, that's cool, but you, you shouldn't go around calling people. I wasn't calling you, so it's well, talking to Well, I know, but I just keep that all to yourself, you know? Well, no, not necessarily, I mean, because. I just don't think it's like. I well, hear you. It's okay, it's all right. I'm a business owner here for 30 years. I got it. I'm on Sepulveda. We're only, we only referral, but we. My, the business is Orbit, uh -huh. and we work uh, here for companies and government. Yeah, <laughs> but you'll, it's okay. We don't work for residents in the environment. It's all right. Oh, no, don't, don't get hit. Oh, gee. Hey, 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 Max. Oh, shit. That was dumb. Hey. Hey, guys, stop. You know, hey. Oh. Hey. You shouldn't have thrown the drink in his face. I don't you give up. Oh. You do you know. <laughs> that was stupid. You shouldn't do that with somebody hey, that likes. Now. You, gotta go to doctor. you shouldn't have thrown the drink in his face. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. I don't I know where you got off on doing that. I hope that someone saw that. Yeah, yeah. I would do it 10 times over. Okay. See, this is what, so when you just said, I don't believe in hitting a woman, that's what this produces, okay? Like, that woman, yeah. she assaulted him. If, if you want, like, a pass, I have a bunch of passes that I, I give out to guys when they need to defend themselves against crazy psycho women. Oh, really? And if, if you want one, yeah, I, I'll, I'll send it to your I believe in self-defense. Are, are yeah, you so joking right now, or is that no, actually No, I'm joking. I'm joking, obviously. Well, but I, mean, like, I know you're joking, but, like, is that something you've talked about before? Because we've talked about this before, and I know, I know I'm know, i kind of, like, in the, the minority in this. I'm all about women who assault people getting put in their place. Yes. I don't think that this rule of never hit a woman, no matter what she does to you, is producing a good effect in wider society and the multitude of videos that we see on on twitter like this all the time is evidence of that um i mean i don't i don't think it's i'm not going to agree with I, I mean i i understand where you're going with this i don't think that it's the so much don't hit a woman i think it's we shouldn't be raising women who do things that um 
that if they were a guy, we would hit the, well, that somebody would hit. Yeah, but they know there's no consequences. That's saying, what I mean. Right? I don't. I don't think the problem is um, we should be hitting women. I think oh, the problem is <laughs> we should be producing women that don't do the sorts of things that would get them hit. I don't think that we should preemptively hit women to stop <laughs> them from acting out. But what I'm saying is that the lack of consequences is what inspires this, this yes, boldness. They I know, agree. They, yeah. they know there's no consequences. They know that yeah. no one can do anything. And so that's what emboldens them to attack men that are two and three times the size of them. And it's just, it doesn't serve these women either because Every now and again, they encounter a man who doesn't, you know, feel the way that IP does. And they they get a lot more than what they bargained for. And I don't actually enjoy seeing that, but I think they deserve it. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, it, what, what is absolutely stunning about that video is her saying, I would do it 10 times over again while yeah. her boyfriend is standing there with blood coming out of his nose <laughs> as a result of her actions. It just, it boggles my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think later on the cops showed up and but the the couple who had thrown the coffee had already left and so they just talked to the other guys and then nothing nobody was arrested or anything. No consequences. So, yeah. yeah. Unfortunate. I'm glad that the guy, you know, defended himself at least, you know, in the moment. I think Oh, I I, I absolutely good. like I, <laughs> he he handled that perfectly as far as I'm concerned. That was the perfect response. He he got a couple shots in, he didn't take it too far, he stopped afterwards, he went after the guy. I mean, it's just perfect. If he hit the woman twice the same way he hit the guy, she'd be like knocked out on the pavement. You know what I mean? They can't they can't take that kind of beating. <laughs> I don't know. Women are just, they're out of control. It's gotten to the point now where like, I, I just kind of relish in seeing the, like the, you know, the police videos, they like go up to a police officer and they're like in the police officer's face and screaming. And then they accidentally go too far and then they get exactly what's coming to them. Yeah, there was not, a great one of those good. this week too, where the woman's going, or else what? <laughs> right right <laughs> before she, found she out. gets right up. Uh, that's the best thing when people say or so else stupid. what right before they find out. Yeah. So stupid. Okay. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't know. I, I've seen a number of these. I saw in real life about five years ago, I saw a woman get knocked the F out, like completely TKO'd in a Target parking lot. She was hitting a guy in the head with her bag. She just kept hitting him and she was chasing him around and he finally just punched her right in her face. She was more than 300 pounds. She was, she was very, very large. So when she Dang. hit, she rolled back and hit her head really bad on the, nobody called 911. Like we were all just kind of trying to get, I mean, it, you always say, oh, I would call the police. But when you're in the moment, you're like, oh, you're shocked. No. You, you could also, I got the sense that this guy has been beaten numerous times by this woman. Mm. Um, cause he said, I've, I, I've told you enough times. Don't hit me. Yeah. Right well, after women who do out. these things. And I mean, like I, like I've never done hit a person like that before in my life. Right. Like, and I'm sure that that girl in that video, that wasn't the first time she had done something like that before either. A lot, a lot of yeah. these people who are aggressive and violent to strangers, they have a history of this sort of behavior. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's, it's very seldom a once off situation. I keep pepper spray. And I've, I've trained myself on how to use it. So, cause I, I wouldn't want to break a knuckle or something. And I think, you know, fortunately I live in Texas, so it's, so it's much easier <laughs> if you're defending to defend yourself. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would definitely um, soak someone down in pepper spray if they, if they assaulted <laughs> me.
Okay, I, I got another one for you. This is a new segment that I was inspired to come up with today when I saw a tweet by a former guest of the show, actually, John McAfee. Uh, and I'm calling this segment cringe or based. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna show you guys a tweet and you tell me if it's cringe or based. Okay. It's kind of a long one. I can't get it all on screen i don't oh, i think, think i saw but, this so it's john that it starts off with my wife and it's a nice <laughs> black and white photo and then it says my maid and she's in the kitchen doing kitchen work housework and then the last one says my partner oh. and they're dressed up like bonnie and clyde or some kind oh. of like for that knowing both of them i'm gonna say definitely based oh i just got a message i don't um, know the shirt off is making me physically cringe I'm not yes. sure. <laughs> um, also, it, it, I don't know how good it's showing up here, but it's like the background. I'm 99% sure is like this is like a green screen or something in the last pick because you can kind of tell by the way they like have that glow around them that it's like yeah. not, not a real background, which kind of adds to the cringe factor. Like it reminds me of those the videos of the, the couples doing the karaoke <laughs> in front of the green screen. Like there's just I don't know. It's very um, boomerish either way. Given context, she probably came up with this idea. <laughs> so, yeah. so I would definitely say based for this. Um, somebody else had mentioned carrying a gun. Um, I do have a a firearm on me at all times when I leave my home. Um, seeing what's happened more recently with people defending their own lives and then, you know, being charged. I'm actually scared. That's why I bought a second thing of pepper spray. Uh, I got a second a second uh, keychain for it because I'm a little afraid. Like what if I had to defend my own life? I mean, even being in Texas and being a woman, what if I made, what if I was, what if I made a poor judgment call? You know, like you yeah. think, you think something's happening. Cause when you see a lot of these people, they defend themselves in their mind. Cause they ask, were you in imminent danger right. in their mind? They were, but, the video footage would suggest that they were not. And now they've got, you know, seven to 20 years in prison because they thought they were about to get killed um, out here in Austin. It, great video. I'd like to send it to you LP. Um, I live a few hours away from Austin, Texas, and they had a guy who was on video. He was shit talking the conservatives and he was saying that he was going to, that the reason they are, th he had a, I think it was an AR 15 or an AK 47. Uh, and he had his face covered up and he was dressed in that tan, like military garb, but I don't believe he was military. And he said that they were threatening conservatives because they knew they wouldn't do anything. He got shot later. He pulled a gun on a guy who was in his vehicle. The guy shot him. The guy who shot him was former military. He was a vet. Oh, this um, is the guy, the guy with the black wife in the wheelchair. Yes. Or whatever? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a great better. story in the sense that the person that he shot, if you look at his history, he was a horrible piece of shit. He was a, he was the kind of guy that if he hadn't been shot that day, he was probably going to kill people. Really? Right. I, I, see, I, don't, I, didn't hear that part. I, I thought he was like a saint who was taking care of his no, 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 no. Then we're talking about two different. Then well, we're talking. I, I the guy, I'm talking about the young, yet. young white guy who got shot. He was a leftist. I think he was Antifa. And he had been threatening conservatives on video. He aims mm. his gun at a man who's in his car. The guy shot him because that's an imminent threat. 
He was threatening to kill yeah. someone. I mean, that this is all disputed, though, isn't him. it? Like, um, they're, they're still investigating, right? That's Not this one. This one, the guy got off. Because they said there were there was lots of video footage. The guy was a vet. Um, he served in some war. I don't, re I mean, I, I don't remember all the details. Well, wasn't the guy who got shot a vet also? No, not this no? one. Okay. Not the, not the one that happened out here. It was a very clean cut by the book, the way you'd like to see it go down. If it's, if it has to go down. He died um, though, right? Yeah. 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 Well, he had a gun pointed at someone's face after threatening to kill him. So that, I mean, are we gonna? I, I think it on. is the same one. I just wasn't. I, okay. It's not like you have a more solid grasp. Yeah. Well, it, it was local it, like, enough that I got out. a yeah. lot of details. Um. So, his somebody said his black wife was allegedly a vet. Oh. I'm not sure. But the the guy that got shot and killed was definitely not a saint. He was okay. far from it. So he was he was a shitty person who had been threatening people's lives just within an hour or two of being shot. So. It's it's crazy, man. You know, and the the George Floyd uh, body cam just came out, and it, it basically kind of saying what I've been saying from the beginning, which is that this is like he's, you know, delirious, resisting, all all this mm -hmm. stuff. All all these people had died because people are spurging out about this this like criminal who whose life of bad a, a stream of bad choices throughout his entire life culminated exactly the way you would think it would and how many more people have died because of that now it's crazy yeah. I, I don't know how anybody can support the black lives matter movement at this point i think one of the funniest you just have to be um, pathologically in denial one of the funniest things that i've seen that like just is such this it's the irony of the whole movement is the um, the moms, the like riot moms and stuff. And then when he called out his mama's name, like all other mothers responded, and like um, um, all, they're they're all they all like sort of say that they be, they care because they're mothers, but they don't obviously know his history of assaulting. Um, uh, he, he held a gun on a yeah. pregnant woman and yeah. threatened to kill her if she didn't give him money and drugs and she didn't have money or drugs. Yeah. And she was a black woman. That's the other thing is you have to clarify that it was a black woman whose life was being threatened. Yeah. Um, now, I, I don't know if we agree on this or not, but no matter what, I do not believe that the cop should have had his knee on the guy's neck for eight and a half minutes. No, I don't. I no, don't, no I, matter yeah. what. He it was, should it was about three minutes too long. Okay. I, <laughs> it was, I'm, I'm just saying no matter what i don't care if the guy just gunned down a school you don't sure. put your knee on his neck for that long yeah. especially when he had previously had issues with breathing they tried to put him in the back of a car and he was having breathing problems he was also high on was it fentanyl but he, he, he was yeah. overdosing he was like literally yeah. foaming at the mouth yeah so. he he had the cop not put his knee on his neck he would have probably died anyway but we would not have footage of a cop with his knee on the guy's neck. And how many people have died or been injured since then? How many people have COVID now yeah. that have died in the pandemic because this guy had a knee on his neck? I have another hot take on this. I don't even know if I should say it. But uh, basically from the original uh, George Floyd video, the guy who was filming it was was like, haranguing the cop the whole time being like you're a pig you're whatever he was saying you know uh and 
my like theory is that the cop probably stayed on his neck a little bit longer just to piss off the guy who was like uh uh harassing him the filming guy yeah so you know, a lot of people say that, like, oh, they should have tackled the cop off and whatever. That's terrible advice. Don't fuck mm. with cops when they're doing their yeah. job and don't yeah. harass the cops. Don't sit there and yeah. yell and antagonize yeah. them. Yeah. I'm not I'm not, like I'm not saying that that excuses that that like that, that that's a good reason for him to stay. I'm just saying that's like human behaviors. If yeah, if you're saying, hey, you piece of shit, don't do this. There's going to be certain people that have like a, you know, that oppositional defiance or whatever. They're going to yeah. do whatever it is you're telling them not to do just to show um, that you can't tell them what to do. I know. But the, I mean, the reality of it is George Floyd realistically would be going back to prison right now. Um, and nobody would have burned down their neighborhoods. Nobody would have lost their businesses over that. I mean, you could say that something else eventually would have come along. Monday and I talked about this quite a bit. Why George Floyd? Because there are other innocent people that have died from flashbang grenades. They've died from police interactions, like actual innocent people that were doing nothing wrong when they got killed. Why George Floyd? Why someone whose own children didn't even recognize him on the news because he hadn't seen any of his own kids in like years? They did it. The reason why everyone freaked out over him is because it was caught on video. And that's the problem that we have. Everyone now has a camera phone. So cops need to be a lot more vigilant that they're that they're doing the right thing. And I think it was Jocko Willinks. I don't know if either of you follow him, but he uh, he went on Joe Rogan and he was talking about how cops should be training about 20% of the time on how to deescalate and how to do, how to do things that aren't shooting. Like, I mean, and I've never been in the military. I don't have family from the military, but um, you know, I listen to people like him who talk about how in the military, how much training goes into not killing people. But with police officers, we don't provide them with that same amount of training. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, I mean, that's just an idea. It's, I mean, I, I really, I know very little about this. I'm not related to any officers either, but. I think, I think with regard to like why George Floyd, like, I don't think it really mattered. I don't think it, it mattered that it was George Floyd in, in any meaningful way. I think that the media had been looking for a story to sensationalize. And so, to but they had it on video. That's the thing. Yeah, that was they, the point. They tried thinking. to do it with the jogger, right? That was the first round of that. That they, 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 they. they I mean, you can find, um, like you said, because everyone has cell phones, you can find these videos at any time of the week, right? Like they're they're out there. They just needed to find the right one with the right sort of, um, you know, formula elements to be able to sensationalize it, to be able to stir up racial tensions. And I think that was that's been the goal for for like the entire year pretty much uh, and i think that the it's like not a coincidence that these things are happening in a cascade right before an election right it's it's just sowing division it's causing chaos and confusion um and then obviously like the the seeds have been planted in society from the institutions and our our universities for like the past decade to have these like shock troops just like ready they're like sleeper cells just like out there yeah just wait, waiting for, yeah. for exactly the, the confirmation bias of what they already believe to be then you know mobilized um it was orchestrated perfectly i think with george floyd but the fact that it was george floyd in particular i think is it could have been anyone it just so happened that he's he's the one that was caught on tape like you said yeah 
His family made out like bandits. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my <laughs> millions God. of dollars. Millions of dollars. Well, the, the other thing is he like he was, I guess he was married. I guess they call it married. He had a girlfriend and then a woman in another city that he still had a piece of paper with. Um, but yeah, that's that's always the case. These people make tens of millions of dollars. Um, and that I mean, that's another reason if you want to just from a purely selfish uh, perspective, we need to stop this stuff so that we're preventing people from making money off of a victim. Um, the police force is no longer trusted. You know, there's it's it kind of just it it screws up the whole community when this stuff happens. I know out here in Houston, there were areas you don't want to go to when you're white. You don't want to go there because they see you as the enemy, and it's it's understandable because they see the media hyping up. The number of people that I've heard, like uh, people of color who genuinely believe that all white people hate them and are just looking for an excuse to kill them. I mean, that's like a relatively common kind of. I think it's really telling when you hear the hate crime hoaxes and how preposterous, like the Juicy Smollett mm. thing, you know, or this this Althea Bernstein woman who was like four frat guys dumped lighter fluid on me and lit me on fire calling me the n-word you know there there's another one where this guy shot a white girl and now their defense is that this is like a 17 year old white girl and and their defense for the shooting is that her and her friends were trying to like run them off the road in their car because they're in a mixed race. Like you, you I heard of that. Yeah, they were in a mixed normal person. It's like seventeen-year-old girls aren't out there playing fucking Mad Max trying to run people off the road because they're black, but <laughs> they, because they have this kind of pathological. Like you said, they're they're told over and over that the whole world is racist and hates them. I think they think these stories are believable. It's not. It's not believable, you know. Um, but I mean, okay. Imagine if every every time you turned on the news, there was another white, a tall, skinny white Canadian guy who was being shot or strangled or burned. Or, um, I mean, to go back to the confirmation bias, when that's what you're being fed by the media, you're going to feel like a victim. Robin, I'm sure. How many women do you know that think that the the R word, the four letter R word. I don't want to say it on the live stream. Uh, the R rate, the the grape rate is um, <laughs> is one in four. Like I hear last, that. Last time I heard it was one in three. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm constantly hearing that. Yet if you go to the FBI, the stats sites, even now.org, which is very liberal with their, like very liberal, um, even theirs are like much lower and. If you're constantly being told that if you go to college, you're likely to get grappled, mm -hmm. um, you're probably going to live in fear and you're going to act yeah. like you live in that kind of society. So you're going to yeah. be very angered constantly. So that's where like when I see young like teenage like black teens that are genuinely fearful for their life, they you know, their biggest fear is being pulled over. I understand why. I mean, they're being told that they're being slaughtered in the streets. And then we had that guy that committed suicide and they said that it was a lynching and they later ruled it as a suicide. And he had been suicidal. His family even said, no, this was suicide. He hung himself. But they reported it as a lynching. Mm. And so now people in that neighborhood that didn't know him are under the impression that 
people in the neighborhood are being lynched. So, yeah, I mean, I think with regard to your comment on women, um, and this is true for the Black Lives Matter people as well. I mean, I think it's it's kind of like a universal uh, truth that we all need something to overcome in our lives, right? We want to feel like we're the heroes of our own stories. And um, the reality is, is like we live very comfortable, cushy, nerf lives here in the West. And the only way that these people can have anything to have a grievance about is if it's been handed to them in the academia, academia sort of field, right? And that's that's it. These people, like they're they're spoiled, they're privileged, they're overeducated, their moms and dads are paying their rent, but there's still this, this urge, I think, that's been weaponized to, um, you know, overcome something in order to have some, have some sort of meaning in their lives. And I think it's really sad. I think, you know, it's, I feel like I can see this in people younger and younger, you know, like there's, but there's been videos of like Black Lives Matter protests where there's like toddlers and stuff, right? Like this isn't something that's just affecting um, kids in university. It's it's slipping into our public schools and, you know, according to some of these videos, preschool, right? So uh, yeah, it's, I, it's bad. My idea on some of that is that it may be human shielding. That's what they do in the Congo. They'll send five-year-olds with guns into battle so that if the other side kills all their five and they have to blow whistles so that when they don't hear the whistles anymore, they know all the five-year-olds are dead. That's like normal in Africa. That's like part of the game in Africa and people will send their own children. Yeah. It's a friend of mine had a, uh, had a organization in Los Angeles that helped kind of help rehabilitate these children. They would be adopted here in America, but they were war children. Um, anyway, to get to, I guess, more of the point that I was trying to make is that I wonder how much of this is like the moms, the pregnant women, the people mm-hmm. taking their five-year-old in a stroller. And then when a police officer pepper sprays them, they can say, oh, you attacked a child. And in my mind, I'm like, why on earth was a child at a protest? You've yeah. seen people being shot. Why are pregnant women showing up where neurotoxins are being, is it neurotoxins, the, the ga- tear gas that can cause birth defects these yeah, women showing tear up gas is really bad for yeah. pregnant women to be yeah around. and they're showing up they're coughing on on neurotoxins they're not protecting themselves or their children then they miscarry or their baby is born completely fucked up with like cerebral palsy and then they're blaming the police officer it's like sweetie we can't we can't cushion you everywhere you go you eventually have to decide not to kill yourself. <laughs> like <laughs> you need to have self-preservation. And I think to go to what you were saying about um, we live such cushy lives. I feel like we're almost losing that desire to preserve our own lives. Yeah. Like everything's so easy that we just walk right into traffic. Well, self-sterilization is becoming trendy, right? Like in, in multiple different forms, whether it's through like uh, gender confirmation surgeries or just straight up like, antinatalism, people who hate life, they resent the fact that they were ever born and they don't want to engage in procreation whatsoever. Like that's a growing movement that I've actually, I'm going to be doing a deep dive on my channel on um in the next couple of weeks it's pretty grim 
It's I can't take antinatalists seriously because they don't you shouldn't. end hero. <laughs> you shouldn't take if, them seriously. If you really believed what you're saying, you'd kill yourself, right? That, that's pretty pretty <laughs> easy to that. debunk that position that life I, is bad. I think it goes hand in hand with when people say, oh, I'm, I'm antisocial. I hate people. And then you put them on lockdown where they can't leave their house for three weeks and they go nuts. Because <laughs> they're like, I hate, I hate other people. And then it's like, okay, good. Then sit in your home for 30 days and don't talk to anyone. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I was thinking about this today. The uh, you know we're we we have this like connectivity paradox where we have the internet. We're all super connected. We have our smartphones all the time. We can FaceTime, whatever. But people feel more lonely and disconnected. This has been like well established for years now. We all know this. Uh, now we're being told to like treat other people like they're disease vectors, right? We have, it's, it's just like, it's that disconnectivity is escalating. And I'm not saying this is like a planned conspiracy thing. It's just something that's happening. Uh, you know, you have to wear masks so you can't see the facial expressions of people. We're just becoming more and more disconnected. And it's, it's kind of just, depressing i guess I don't, I don't really have any like deep take on it but i was thinking about that that this problem that we already have is getting worse in 2020 yeah. 2021 will be lit times oh, 10 <laughs> i can't wait i mean i'm i'm doing great i'm a little run down of last week i've not i've been tired a lot but overall i feel like i'm taking it much better than i would have if if 2020 would have happened when I was in my early 20s, I'd be screwed. Like I'd be freaking out. But I'm I think really, it came at a good time for me. It, it came at like a really weird time for me because I gave birth in my living room like two days before Canada went into full lockdown. Yeah, um, I remember that. On the one hand, it's like I don't know. Like my my me and my husband probably would have killed each other by now if we didn't have my baby because like he's the perfect distraction. We're both just so in love with him, and it's our family is just like growing, and it's just all this optimism surrounding it, and it's beautiful. And I'm so grateful to have him to busy myself with and something to focus on that's like really beautiful and productive. But um, on the other hand, like he's going to be five months old pretty soon, and not a single person on my family's or my husband's family side has met him or held him yet, which is absolutely heartbreaking, right? Um, and there's been two deaths in my family and we haven't been able to have a funeral. Um, no, unrelated, yeah, okay. unrelated, unrelated deaths, but still like okay. you can't have a funeral. Um, and yeah. this, this happened back in Newfoundland. Yeah. So it's like, um, yeah, I mean, like, everyone's been affected in one way or another. And for me, I'm kind of like, I'm so grateful that I have my baby and I'm able to focus on that and not always what's crazy going on in the world. But at the same time, it's really, it's really hard to have a postpartum in total isolation. Like you're not supposed to go through your postpartum mm. without your family and without yeah, friends and with communities. Exactly. So it's, it's been rough. It's been really rough for me, to be honest. You seem yeah. like you're handling it really well for what it's worth. Yeah. I'm trying to be grateful. That's kind of my thing. Trying to be Robin, grateful for what I have. <laughs> you think yes. that going through all this, having social media, I mean, especially because mm -hmm. you have a massive following, um, mm -hmm. do you think that it's easier for you that you have, that you're well connected on social media and you have like people that know you and, you know, know what you're no going way. through? Or do you think it'd be easier if, you avoided it, it. it. 
Some, sometimes I think that I just want to like delete my Twitter and delete my, my Instagram and just delete everything and just, you know, hunker down and focus on my family. And when baby number two comes, like that might be a necessity. In nine months. I'm okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And like, if that, that, if that needs to happen, that's what'll happen. But my whole purpose for making social media in the way that I've made it was to find people of like mind, because I felt like when I was like red pilled, I was completely isolated and I felt like I was going crazy and I needed to reach out somewhere to try and find people that were like me and so um i think in a lot of ways it does help me because right now the mom community online which is kind of all i have in terms of like mom support it's so infected with feminism it's yep what, i agree it's which, very what, toxic it's what um, i was sort of complaining about on twitter today so i've found my own little trad mom right-wing community yeah. and that is invaluable to me i'm really thankful um, for that i've had friends that aren't even uh, they wouldn't consider themselves to be conservative or religious, but they've found that the um, homeschooling groups in their mm -hmm. cities are just overrun with SJWs where kids will show up to do events together and everything is about race. Like all they talk about, they're like in first or second grade and all they talk about is race yeah, the whole time. They can't just enjoy their childhood. They can't go play unless they're aware of something. And although I think it's important at a certain age that kids are aware of things, like I don't think they should be blind to it. I think that they should also get a childhood in addition to yes. a you know, feminist studies degree in the second or third grade. Yeah. So. I agree. Okay, I can hear the baby waking yeah, up. Yeah, I was just going to uh, say. We're, I, we're I, 10 I actually, minutes over time, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I put the links to Robin's YouTube and Twitter in the description. You guys can follow her there for more. Do you have anything you want to plug or any kind of upcoming um, stuff for, to watch for? So I, I do live streams and that's kind of what my main content is these days. Um, I try to be consistent, but the reality is I can't be consistent. So it's kind of like whenever I have time, I do a stream um, or whenever a story inspires me and I want to talk about it, I do a stream. Um, and if you're looking for more daily content, that's, that is consistent. Yeah. Twitter and Instagram is where you can find me. Uh, and thank you guys so much for having me on. It was, it was a real pleasure. I hope we can do it again sometime. That was awesome. Thanks Robin. Okay, take care, guys. Thanks Bye. for watching, everyone.